All right, Brian. So we were talking about this kind of casually, just actually, which means casually for us means just over a text for like a minute. But mostly, um, yes. Yeah, we were talking about like values of gaming. We were trying to talk about like other topics and values of gaming came up or the value of gaming, I should say. And you you were intrigued. Yes, I was because uh, you're a lifelong gamer. And what I see often in people who are good at games, they're good at other things, but sometimes they don't realize that's why they're good or how they're uh, maybe work through a problem or something. Sure. There are things that happen in a game that help people actually in their real life. Okay. So that's, I think that's a good kind of jumping off point. So let's talk about this today on Curiosity Continuum as we discuss the value of gaming. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate your information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world by sharing conversations with you to explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. If you, intrepid listener, whoever you are, you know who you are. Want to receive updates from us when new content's available? Please be sure to hit subscribe on the favorite podcast app of your choice so you can receive notifications when there's something new to listen to. We publish regularly, and we've actually been publishing for quite a bit now, so it's been good. And we appreciate you, our listeners, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with your friends as we explore topics together. And as always, you guys can find us on CuriosityContinuum.com and all of our socials. And from there, we link out to everything. And we thrive on your feedback and hope to start a conversation with you soon. Okay. Games. Yep. There's lots of different kinds of games. But let's talk about why children play games first. Let's take it back to childhood. Obviously, you're not uh, old enough yet when you're two years old to be adulting. No. <laughs> going, going off to work and paying <laughs> and the mortgage God. and stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, some great- parents would think, you know what? If my kid could be working it too, this would be a lot better. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but that's true. That's good. Why do we play games? I, You know, that's a good question. And I think it is. I think it starts out playing games is for fun, right? I mean, why? I mean, I mean, why do you do a lot of things? A lot of things are fun. Mm-hmm. You know, we uh, children, their work is actually their playtime, right? Their playtime is work. They're learning about human interaction. They're learning about how things work. They're learning about uh, uh, whatever. T- I mean, whatever thing you could put into adulthood to say, like what I learned. <laughs> they're yeah. learning that then. Yeah. The fun thing about a child too is that, especially when they're young. They don't actually know that it's bad to fail or what's when we characterize it as bad to fail as adults. Sometimes we're so concerned as grown people to fail that we don't actually try something. And the playtime and around a game, it's like, well, let me try something and learn. Right. And I I think like, you know, pulling it back to just like just playing games is playing games is fun. And so why wouldn't you want to have fun with your time? Because being fun or being fun. Please be fun fun. in your life. Yes. (laughs) Having fun. (laughs) Having fun is productive. We don't always see it that way. 
but it really is because it recharges other parts of your batteries that nothing else will. Yeah, and I think as people, um, gaming and just gaming in general, not even like video gaming, it doesn't have to be. It just social time with other people or even with yourself, like playing, you know, or a crossword puzzle or something. It takes that my your mind off of everyday struggles, everyday problems for just a little bit. Doesn't mean you forget about it. It just means you're not thinking about it right now. And I think that's very healthy. Yeah, it approaches a different problem. And I say a problem loosely in the fact, like, if you're playing solitaire with actual cards, which I have a funny story about that, but maybe in just a moment. But when you have cards and you're doing that, the problem is that, like, none of the cards, <laughs> not all the cards are in the right order. The goal right. is to have put them put them in, put them, in, put them in the order which they prescribe, right? And there's rules, so you understand the construct of something by operating in it. And there's how many, how many different variations of solitaire? I don't even know. But, <laughs> right. but they're all of a little bit different flavor to say, what if you approached it this way? See, I really think that gaming, and one of the values of gaming, is that it allows you to solve a problem and approach it from different ways and learn from that. And you don't even know necessarily that you're applying it in your everyday life. That's true. And uh, Brian said he had a funny story about solitaire, and I'm going to tell a funny story first. Which it. was my grandmother, my grandma Dorothy, my dad's mother. God bless her soul. I loved her very much. I loved all my grandparents much, but I loved Grandma Dorothy a lot too. And um, she was teaching me solitaire. And I remember when, you know, she was telling me the rules, and it was black, black, red, black, red, black, red, and you know, the suits go down in order. And one was out of order. And I'm like, well, but grandma, that's out of order. And she's like, well, that's no problem. You just switch that one out with another one and it's all good. <laughs> so she was cheating in her own game against herself, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Actually hilarious, especially as I, I get older and I'm like, yes, I would do that now. <laughs> Just so I don't have to start over. And you probably still lose, but it would just be fun. <laughs> I'm not going to tell my story after that because it pales in comparison to that. But it's a good that. story, though, Brian. Everyone wants to hear it. Come on. Okay. Well, mine, mine's real short and, and very blasé comparatively. Years ago, I thought I might want to be a Microsoft certified uh, person. And God bless the people that are, but I did not make that cut in my life. I use Microsoft every day, but that just was not my path as far as being like a systems engineer. I was, uh, I had this car. It, it was a Mercury Topaz. It was my first car. And Josh uh, knows that I affectionately refer to it as the Opaz because I had the the little piece that said Topaz and I had a jacket where the buckle caught and ripped the T straight off it. So I had yep. the Mercury Opaz that went cruising around. When it cruised around because this thing broke down Fairly regularly, and I was not the happiest. It was, a, it was a good first car for you. It was. I learned how to deal with unexpected situations because your car breaks down and <laughs> yeah, doesn't <exactly>. start. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was I was at the Microsoft thing. I had just failed my test just by a little bit. I was upset, and then my car wouldn't start. But I always kept a deck of cards in the car. So I'm at the Microsoft testing office <laughs> playing solitaire with real cards, and this this person did like a double take. And the guy came back to me and said, I think you're the only person ever who has come in here that's actually played solitaire with real cards. <laughs> because like, everybody knows, you know, it's on Windows. 
Exactly. <laughs> there it is. I mean, that's a good story. As, Come on, and it's free. Saying? Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's the funny thing about solitaire. Not the funny thing, but the reason why solitaire even existed on like Windows in the first place. Like, there's not a need. No. To have it there, but when the mouse first came out. Solitaire was the way that people learned mouse skills. How to how to use the mouse, right? So there's skills you're learning even when you're gaming that you don't even associate with the game that's happening at the time. And uh, it's just a little like a follow up to that whole thing. Is my dad, who is like a computer savant nowadays, but he lo- like played solitaire every single day for years. I mean years literally years like we would go into the computer room and he would be playing solitaire and we had all these other games <laughs> but <laughs> solitaire was what he wanted to play when he won he'd be like yeah i won i'm like whatever you know <laughs> <laughs> and josh and i played every other game on the computer so we did you know um josh i think the first game i remember sitting in your dad's office playing was king's quest six and this is before i started to really go down the rabbit hole of all the other Ooh, computer nice. games of, of the 90s this was this the age of sierra games uh when roberta williams was at the helm of uh, sierra making all these wonderful franchises this was a game that i didn't ever play a game like this i had been a console gamer i had right. been nintendo super nintendo that that was really my jam and now i come to pc gaming and i'm like oh this is very different this is something that's not always some type of um action happening this was a thinking game and this was a fun game where josh and i spent i don't i'm almost embarrassed at how many hours you probably Hun- spent probably in- hundreds of hours <laughs> and it wasn't just king's quest 6 i mean we went back we played a lot of them yeah but i i think that brian really took interest when i showed up i go well, you got to come over and just look at this game yeah, and, and I was like, okay, I, I didn't really know what to expect. Right, it's hard. It was, it's really difficult to explain. I think to people today, the computer revolution that happened, like between IBM and Mac and everything, just the the revolution in gaming that happened, like actual computer gaming, because we went from playing literally text based games to all of a sudden having graphics and then the graphics started out really simple and they went through the roof quickly to be uh, what we would consider photorealistic. But back in the day, it was really like a watercolor painting pretty much or a, you know, color pencil kind of painting. It was awesome. I mean, for us, it was awesome, right, Bray? It was. It soaked our imagination, even Mm -hmm. though it wasn't photorealistic like we understand photorealistic today. I think part of the charm of the old games is that you had limited tools and you had to convey something. Uh, there's a great uh, person on like Apple iTunes and probably on other platforms, but it's called like 8-Bit Soundtrack. And they do like popular songs in an 8-Bit format as far as bips and boops and all the other kind of thing. It's so fun because I remember hearing a very limited like sound palette basically that a composer was working with and I knew this was an epic sounding thing, even right. though it didn't, your there mind, was no symphony. Yeah. Your mind fills in the gaps. Yes. Yeah. And when you have a game like that, your mind begins to, to go to those places where you're go, you're playing as a child again. You're doing that. You're allowing yourself the chance. Like if you're playing like Monopoly, like I'm going to take that risk. I want to see how it goes. Right. 
I want to play a video game. And I died 25 times, so I learned 25 ways not to do something, and I'm going right. to 26. This allows you to really solve a lot of problems. And um, because games, especially like a, a computer game, has to exist because of like uh, a construct of rules and how a world works in logic, it helps you to work logically through something. So people who even say like, well, you know, I'm like maybe not good at math. A lot of people characterize themselves that way. Hey, but I can really solve a problem in a game or something. Like, well, you're you're doing math. You're just doing it applied differently, right? And I think it. I think gaming too shows non-traditional ways to solve common problems. Absolutely, which, it does. Which is which is valuable because today, when you apply for a job, you know a lot of the like one of the questions people will ask you is, "What was something you overcame? An obstacle you overcame?" And a lot of people will say stuff like, you know, oh, uh, well, I, you know, climbed Mount Everest or I went to K2 or I, you know, hiked across the Sahara. You know, you you didn't do any of those things, but you're saying (laughs) that. But you might have put. Yeah, I mean, unless you did. Well, then, you know, right on you because that's cool. But (laughs) (laughs) but a lot of people, games in general, uh, video games, board games. Things like that. Those are a lot of those have obstacles to overcome. They, they have learning curves. They have things you can do. And it might not be the best thing you've done in your life. And you might not actually like say, "Oh, you know what? That's awesome." But you learn something for it. Something valuable. So the goal then is on your professional experience to put. I, you know, uh, Malcolm Gladwell I think said it took what ten thousand hours to become an expert in something. And you could say, "I have ten thousand hours of experience." Saving the princess on Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, we're gonna just see. ten thousand. I mean, just I probably 10, got like forty thousand, <laughs> and like they probably got ten thousand of my mom's quarters. <laughs> <laughs> that was supposed to be for like washing the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Legrue is available for hire for your project or your company, and he's got the experience to back it up. This is, uh, I think, a, a good one maybe to have another, uh, like, part two almost with it to kind of explore this a little bit more. Um, Josh, what would you say would be something as far as, like, uh, let's, let's talk about learning a new game. Because some people really love the games that they love, right? right? But you're one that also, because of your love just for games in general, you're always looking for something new. And you are, we talked about this in a previous podcast, even about some of the skills you bring to it, but what is it about a new game that you love so much that you, that more than the familiarity of maybe like an old style game or playing, you know, like Super Mario Brothers, what is it to you in a new game that is so appealing to you? New games, first of all, old or new games, like even if they're an older game, but I haven't played them for they're new to me, for example, I love that thrill of discovery, that thrill of finding something I didn't know about. Because to me, gaming is about that. It's about challenging yourself to be different than you were before. The challenge probably is to go play a game. And count the time as useful learning time, even if uh, you you you've uh, done it many times. And right? Yeah, yeah. And when you're caught just by your boss, fun. just say, "Hey, I'm learning. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I'm <laughs> investing in myself to help yourself yeah. <laughs> be our best selves." That's when it. When you say, "Get back to that project," say, "Just hold on. 
you know? I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> it's like, it's almost done. It's basically done. You know, I already, but, it, be, I already... But, but in seriousness though, challenge yourself a little bit. Especially with like, if you game and you play like one game all the time, pick one you wouldn't normally play. Even as a palate cleanser. Exactly. There's it, there's real value in that. There's value in challenging yourself outside your comfort zone, which is a whole nother episode, which I think that now we just maybe came up with a topic. So I think this is probably a good place to put a comment in the conversation. I think so, Brian. So until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.